This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Okay, abstract jazz. We're rolling. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Ages and Icons. I'm Mike Crisologo. And I'm Gina Bucci. Hey, Mike. Hey, Gina. Are you going to leave in that little uh, little beatbox? Well, I'm going to have to now that, that you, you did before. <laughs> now that you just referenced it. <laughs> the, the, the My nonsense. jazz that you just did, yeah. Thanks for listening to Ages and Icons, everyone. Uh, we got a good one today, I think, Gina. Yeah, I think so, too. Ten to Cardinal. Yeah, not that we don't ever have bad ones, but, I mean, well, th- this is... <laughs> of course we do. <laughs> yeah, Ten to Cardinal. Tantu card is it cardinal? I think it's tantu cardinal. Yeah, I prefer cardinal. You think of cardinal official? I am. He's the best. <laughs> That's right. Uh, amazing, a, a Canadian acting legend. Uh, I was really, really excited to sit down with her at TIFF, and um, and get her on the show. This is really exciting. You know what? She first came on my radar with Dances with Wolves, which I'm sure right, for a yeah. lot of people, and um, she was incredible in that. And I remember. The, you know, hearing that she was Canadian and an indigenous actress back then. And yeah, I loved her in that movie and I've uh, loved her ever since. She's great. Yeah, absolutely. Legends of the Fall. Mm-hmm. She's on the, the Canadian show North of 60. I mean, she's been in so many things. She's had a 48-year career as a, as a stage and screen actress. Mm-hmm. And she's having like a resurgence. Can you know that Netflix miniseries that just won a bunch of Emmys, Godless? Yes, yes. She's in yeah, that. She's in that, yeah, yeah. She's great in that. That's a yeah. great miniseries, by the way. No, she she yeah, it's, it is a great. Series. Jeff Jeff Daniels mm-hmm. is, is fantastic in that too. But that's for another day. Um, but yeah, Tantu uh, came across uh, came across my desk for TIFF uh, when she was here for the Toronto International Film Festival uh, in early September, and she actually had three films at TIFF. Uh, but one of them, the one that we sat down to talk about, was called Falls Around Her, and this this blew my mind. It's her first leading role in a feature film in 48 years as an actress. So Falls Around Her, it, it's a really actually a, it's a, it's a really nice, um, I don't want to say, I was going to say a sweet movie. It's not a sweet movie. It, it's a, I said this, I think in the interview, it's a simple movie, but it, it, it's got a lot of hidden complexities. Um, basically, it, it's about a, a sort of a singer, uh, an indigenous sort of rock star played by Tantu, mm-hmm. who is on the road, travels the world, and then eventually she comes back home, quits the road, and comes back home to her uh, indigenous northern Ontario community to just try to reconnect with the land, you know, get away from that sort of celebrity lifestyle and the, all the demands of being a rock star, being a, a, you know on the road and, and touring, and just reconnect with her land, reconnect with her heritage, reconnect with her family and her community and her roots, and how difficult that is for her because you can't just leave that other life behind, the, the life of fame and, and commitments and demands and how it sort of finds her even in the middle of this wilderness where she doesn't even own a phone. Mm. And so, yeah, it, it's, a really, it's a really great little film. It, it was filmed in Northern Ontario. Uh, Darlene Nepons, I hope I'm pronouncing yep. her last name right, an Ojibwe filmmaker. She, she's the director, she's the writer, she's the producer. It's, it's an all pretty much indigenous cast, save for a few... Uh, uh, say for a few of the actors 
But but it raises a lot of questions, not just about celebrity, not just about a woman returning to her home, but also, um, you know, there's protests about pipelines and, and stuff in the film as well and, and how the land is being uh, expropriated by the government and by these big companies and it's being polluted. So there's a lot to unpack. But when you watch the film, there's so much quiet and, and serenity and just moments that Tantu is is sort of speaking to the audience without literally speaking. You know, she's just alone in the bush collecting wood or, or, you know, collecting bark or just going for a walk in the snow and all you hear is her feet in the snow. So it's it's a really beautiful, uh, on the surface, simple film with a lot of deep and important uh, themes and issues running through it. Okay, so here's Mike's interview with Tantu Cardmill. Congratulations on Falls Around Her. It's a really beautiful, beautiful film. I guess the, the first question probably uh, a lot of people ask you about this film is how does it feel to be the uh, the leading star and playing a, a sort of a rock star in the film? Oh, it was fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was um, such a, a freeing dream for um, creative energy. No? Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was just a sheer pleasure. Yeah, it looked like fun to be on stage and be able to just sort of uh, rock out in those moments where you're singing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, smokes and mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I, I double-checked to see if it was you singing, but uh, but I, I guess... Uh, oh, no, were... it's uh, probably not, because uh, Pura Faye just uh, did a beautiful job, and yeah. I think there's some blending... But uh, the day we tried to do some recording, my voice was so tired. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that's right. I think we can pretty much say it's put a face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's beautiful. The, the, the film, the, the location, the, the nature, everything. It, it's such a gorgeous film, and, and it's beautifully acted by yourself and your co-stars. And um, it struck me because it, it's very simple in some ways, but it's also a very complex film in other ways. And mm-hmm. so, I guess, just uh, off the top, what drew you to this part, to this character, to this film? Well, Darlene, frankly. Yeah. Because um, I met her when we were shooting her first feature. And when she approached me about wanting to um, uh, write a film for me, I said, yes, absolutely. It's about time. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and it took her probably about five years oh, wow. to do this, to be able to. But, you know, we're not the first in line for the funds. Mm-hmm. And that's a big block. Um, so, you know, uh, we were we were hoping to shoot last fall, but funding just didn't fall in place. Um, so we shot it early spring. Yeah, and did you have uh, did you have a good time just sort of out there in the wilderness shooting this film? Um, yes, yes, that, that was a part of the good time, and also yeah. uh, another part of the good time is I didn't have to worry about you know uh, uh, appropriation or the the truth of the community or the truth of culture or the truth of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any of it, you know, it was just uh, an absolute joy, actually, to just to be able to sail 
with what we were shooting in that day. And I, um, I trusted Darlene's vision. And uh, it was um, a great honor to be able to be there in the community. And, and uh, it just felt like a community. It felt cohesive. Yeah, and uh, I guess that's another thing that made it very comfortable. Now, did you draw on any personal experiences uh, while playing this character? Because she's someone who is very famous outside the community, who then comes home, and and you see the sort of the two worlds collide. So, was there any personal experiences you were able to draw on for this role? Well, I would say so. Yeah. Wouldn't you think? I, I would think, but I wanted yes. to make sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Darlene and the, and the community. Darlene, of course, uh, being the director uh, of the film. And, the, and writer. And the writer. And, and producer. She does it all. Yes. And, yes. and, and like you said, and then the, the cast uh, and uh, the community. And, and it's just, it's a really, you mentioned you don't have to worry about appropriation. And That's right. And there, there's multiple films at TIFF this year, actually, that feature uh, Indigenous First Nations communities or characters, including, like, three that you're in, including Falls yeah. Around or yeah. through, through Black Spruce and the Grizzlies. So um, when it comes to the representation of Indigenous and First Nations people and uh, in, in film and the issues that they face in their communities, has that representation improved over the years since, uh, say, you began your career? Do you notice an improvement in that? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, for one thing, um, okay, so here uh, we've come to the time when we have <laughs> every um, skill that we need to make a film. We have the people. They have the expertise. And because when I first started out, we didn't have those elements. And it's taken a long, long time. Um, You know, I I mean, the fact that we have three movies in TIFF (laughs) is an indication right there that that there's change. Yeah. And there's even more than three, just three that you're in, but there's even more. That's right. Yeah. 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 And um, so we have the people, and our, our producer types have been working um, steadily to, um, to kind of build a pathway to the funds. You know, yeah. do you know that when uh, our late brother Gil Cardinal wanted to, to shoot a, a miniseries for CBC, they they wanted him to have um, <laughs> um, basically a white director to to uh, make sure that the funds were you know uh, handled in the proper way and thank goodness oh, that boy. the the director they asked just plain flat refused yeah you know saying you know, they weren't put under that same microscope. Uh, as non-Indigenous directors, they weren't asked to have somebody tailing them and trailing them, and their excuse was, well, he hasn't done a feature, and this director said, well, I started out doing documentaries and moved into into dramas, 
So what's that about? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, um, there's all kinds of ways to catch racism or paternalism or all of those elements. And so, um, okay, the film that Tina Keeper produced, um, I'm real proud of her jam of her saying, this is the story I want to do, and these are the people I want to do it with. And and she was the boss. Mm-hmm. It's Tina Keeper's film. So that was great to see. And then there's Darlene, who's right from that community, and she's also been a part of the force of trying to build a pathway to the funds, and as Tina has been, and as other filmmakers um, that aren't being mentioned right now. This this is a, a front that's been moving forward for a number of years now. Yeah, yeah it's, I was reading uh, something, uh, an interview that you had done, and you were talking about uh, when you started out as an actress, you would see other people playing uh, First Nations characters or Indigenous characters, and they would be painting their skin. They'd be white people painting their skin to to portray these characters. And now... Uh, not only your success, and, and uh, but you look at, I think it was earlier this year, right? You were asked by the uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences to join their, uh, to join the Academy to increase cultural diversity uh, at the that's Oscars. Right. So, I mean, that's, it, that's, right. like a, that's just in your career, in your lifetime, the people painting their skin to now you're on the Academy. So, I mean, yes. d- does that give you hope going forward that cultural oh, diversity uh, and representation will increase? Uh, absolutely. I've you know, the only way that I've been able to survive is that there's been bits of hope all along the way. And and the absolute confidence and the insur- assurance in, in my own inner world that our ancestors um, have not been seen yet by this society. And, and to, to know the, the depth and profundity of the civilization that we come from as indigenous people, primarily matrilineal um, uh, civilization, yeah. you know, is where we come from. And, and I've, I've said for years, we are the missing enzyme, guys. Quit trying to outlaw us. Quit trying to push us aside. Quit trying to <laughs> make us look like we're the dummies here. You know, yeah. uh, we 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 haven't even begun sharing some real essential essential qualities, element, everything. Yeah. You know, to to make this a stronger society. Right, and you had this really beautiful quote uh, in a little piece that I read, where you were talking about uh, spending time as a child with your grandmother in nature. And you said that I could walk in the bush behind my grandmother and know that there's a whole world out there that's connected to sound and the wind and the energy. And that's where I learned how to act from walking behind my grandmother. And I wanted to ask you if you could elaborate a little bit on that, about how your formative years at home with family like your grandmother informed your uh, artistic career. Well, um, you know, we're not a society. Like, I, I didn't live in the same building as a TV until I was 16 years old and going to school in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have television. We didn't have telephones. 
we had radio and uh and we have a sense of entertainment you know and the stories sharing the news all of these things uh were a part of my life now it's a misrepresentation or a misinterpretation to say that you know it sounds like i spent a lot of time with my grandmother in the bush not a you know i mean i spent a lot of time alone in the bush as well mm-hmm. And having that contact, because where was the audience? It, it were the trees, you know? <laughs> and the communities, the friends were were the birds, and and uh, all of that. That part of it. I mean, we. I, I did have uh, friends, yes, um, and part of school, but there was a lot of time spent alone. Where I'm getting my images and my impulses or whatever is feeding my creativity is is from a from a clean place that that wasn't manufactured by um a games company or uh you know movies that were being created by other people i did see movies but those were on occasional trips to the city to the town of fort mcmurray or uh, when the forestry would bring fire prevention films on a sidecar, uh, they would bring cartoons along with those fire prevention films and a feature, possibly. Oh, wow. So those were my early days of entertainment. So you can see we, <laughs> <laughs> we, we'd better start uh, amusing ourselves. <laughs> Now, when you are offered roles today, either in film or television or on stage, do, do the types of roles you get offered differ now than when you were starting out in your career? Absolutely. Yeah. And for, for one thing, this this is my first feature mm-hmm. in a 48-year career. That should be able to illustrate that most of the stories were led by other characters other than the indigenous woman. Right. Um, there are young women that that have, you know, played leads. Um, and Tina Keeper herself played a lead on North of 60 for a number of years. Right. And so I guess for me it's kind of, you know, it's, I guess it's a double-pronged thing in that, you know, this is my first opportunity in all those years to play a lead. And I'm a woman of a certain age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's because it's primarily what's going on in, in film business, you know, they'll, they'll uh, have younger people playing the leads and telling the stories. It's been a great frustration for me uh, many, many times that I am just a color or uh, some kind of background for these lead characters that's their stories. It's not my stories. Right. Uh, and it's been so frustrating only to be able to share just a moment or a flash or a piece of wisdom or something like that. And, uh, and, and not having my character's life really respected in terms of um, the overall uh, story that we tell going forward in your career i i know we're talking about representation such but just in general are there particular either you know actual characters or or types of characters types of roles that 
you maybe haven't taken on that you would love to to give a shot? Uh, so many. Too many. Yeah. <laughs> Too many of our stories that have to be told through our eyes. What, what's a, an example of, of maybe one that we, we haven't seen yet or haven't seen enough of that we need to see that you would hope to take on maybe? Oh, oh my God. Where would you even start? I know there's so many, right? <laughs> there's so many. And, and there has been a habit of trying to hide who we are as Indigenous people from the rest of Canada because actually this is stolen land that everybody's having a great time on here. You know, yeah. this what this is this 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 whole land was appropriated in a very bad way. It was thieved. It was manipulated. It was um, it was just built on flat out lies and and racism and colonialism and imperialism and all that stuff. Like, who are these people that really? have decided that they have the right to the world Mm -hmm. and they've taken it for themselves and um and we are the shame of that conquest because all this dignity humanity oh we stand for human rights but you just turn around just a degree and there is the truth of where we are in all of that dignity and righteousness and so uh all the mechanisms are in place to kind of muffle our voice Mm -hmm. to keep us out of the room so the neighbors don't really hear what goes on in our place you know Mm -hmm. so that's a part of the struggle that that we have as storytellers is is that um that wall that's been built to to keep us out of the mix. You know what what would be really interesting is to get the the real truth of the mechanics of the financial world done by our economists, by our financiers and by our people who are doctors of the law of of treaties, the constitution and all of that. I would really like to see that stuff brought out into the into the the light of day so that all these people who think that that all us indians are just sitting around uh siphoning off all the good stuff for free for nothing you know i mean there's so much misinformation out there you can't even call it information it's so bad you know it's tactic it's it's words and ideas of tactic but uh you know and that's that's when i'm feeling dark all those things come to the surface but you know there's there's probably a lot of fun stuff that uh, <laughs> 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 that we can talk about too no you know what though that that's i'm really happy that you said that because i can imagine as an artist like yourself or or in your community if you want to tell those stories and you you try to bring those forward how difficult it must be to get somebody to listen to give to give you money to give resources to get those stories told and made so, and, that's right yeah and I, and I don't think we appreciate that difficulty enough and even like you said even falls around her you know took years to to get made so 
Now you, of course, uh, aside from being an, an actor, you're, you're also an activist. You, you have many other things going on in your life as well. We, I know you've been, uh, you know, you've protested the uh, Keystone XL pipeline and uh, the, the high profile. They, they uh, arrested you at, in front of the White House and such in, in 2011. Um, yes. So, uh, uh, you know, going forward in your career and in your life, whether it's acting or, or environmentalism, or what have you, what goals do you still hold that you hope to achieve? Well, I guess as I see no separation between personally and professionally, unfortunately. But um, so that what does that make me a one trick pony? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I uh, just this year um, got a grant to start exploring my own stories. Oh. So that's a project that is just filling me with enthusiasm, and I'm, I'm just desperately looking for the time to go back into my home territory and get the stories and the memories, the oral history that is of my past. Because with all these years that I've been in this industry telling, being a part of telling stories, Mm -hmm. they were never my stories. They're my stories in the sense that I belong to one, two, three, four, at least four or five different nations. And uh, my world of Indigenous, my mother's world, is so strong in my heart and my soul and my spirit and, and, uh, and who I am and why I'm still alive, why I'm still here, is uh, because of that wish uh, that, that we are um, uh, respected and acclaimed or, you know, seen as, as human beings, as this this whole uh, climate uh, catastrophe situation that we're in, the people that are suffering right now are the poor people, the indigenous people. You know, is that why it's taking so long? Is that why the government went ahead and bought a pipeline anyways, mm-hmm. the day after the Supreme Court said no? Mm-hmm. What What is that, that stink little rodent that, that's in the midst of this gap? between uh, undrinkable water in our communities and a uh, high level of education. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's just so many things yeah. to... to uh, but what was I answering? <laughs> <laughs> you, you were talking about exploring your own story, and I, and I just wanted yes, to but, clarify, did you mean like your own, like your personal family heritage? Yes, yes. Oh, my, lovely. My family, Lo- my family heritage. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, well, I know what I was starting to, <laughs> I was trying to say is that in all those 48 years, um, it's wrote so rare that I was able to tell any Métis stories. Right. You can't tell one half with the number of opportunities that I got to play Métis. So I'm hoping, you know, to to be able to be a part of creating some more of these stories. I haven't I haven't really done that that bit yet. Yeah. You know, to, to be writing or producing or directing, but um, right now I'm thinking in terms of researching and teaching. So we'll see. No, that sounds uh, amazing. And just lastly before 
we go, I wanted to ask you about, um, I mean, there's falls around her, which we're talking about today, but and uh, obviously, as we said, there's about six or, or so films about Indigenous communities and, and uh, people at TIFF, but even for people who come across this interview long after TIFF is done, and there's more representation out there, and we see more stories like this from these uh, Indigenous communities, what do you hope that the rest of us take away from these stories when we go uh, watch these films? I hope you go, oh, I don't really know the truth about these communities. I don't really know. Something's missing. Um, so what we have to do as Indigenous people, the task that we've set for ourselves, is we call it decolonizing ourselves. And I think that's something that everybody else should be doing, too, is decolonizing your own mind, because people have been brainwashed generation after generation after generation to consider us lesser. So if, if people will sort of pick through their brains and in their whole systems and say, okay, what, what's off? You know, what have I been carrying around that's, that's not even true? That would be fun. That would be nice. That's uh, I love that decolonization. That's a really great term. I, I haven't heard that before. Yeah, not well, not in the, you know, the, the we're, ex- kind of, we're always kind of a step ahead. Yeah, territory. <laughs> you know what? What I've I've seen films and read stories about these communities, and these are things that I didn't learn in school growing up. And yeah, uh, of course and I, you wouldn't. No, and and I hope that going forward, our children, our, our grandchildren, what have you, uh, are are far more exposed to these the full story of all the people in this country than I was growing up. And I'm sure people of your generation and going back and back were as well uh, when they just went through regular school here in Canada. Exactly. And check this out. And maybe a part of that history will be when Doug Ford stepped forward and tried to abolish the education Mm -hmm. that was determined essential in the Truth and Reconciliation um, Commission. Yeah. And people have been working forward to correcting that in the education system, and he steps forward and wants to toss that out. Yeah. Well, I, I personally believe that we always move forward uh, eventually, and, and people like that, they're going <laughs> to, the history won't remember them well, I hope. And, uh, and I look forward to uh, seeing more of your work and, and learning more of these stories. And um, I just want to say congratulations again on, on this beautiful film. It was wonderful to watch. Thank you so much. Okay, we're back. Good interview, Mike. Thanks. Yeah, she's a lot of fun to talk to. Um, Tantu is 68, and like you said, she sort of <laughs> got her first, you know, I'm ready for my close-up moment, mm-hmm. and, and she's got so much going on. She so, deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. It, she made me laugh. There's a few times in the interview where she gets very serious. Yeah. And, and you know, deservedly so. And there was one time where she was talking about, you know, the stories that she would like to be told during, uh, like, by by Indigenous filmmakers and Indigenous writers and such. And uh, she was saying, I just have it transcribed here and, and talking about the mechanics of the financial world done by our economists, by our financiers, and by our people who are the doctors of the law and uh, the Constitution and such. 
and um, she's talking about all the misinformation out there and when she's feeling dark all those things come to the surface and then she sort of <laughs> pauses and has that little giggle and she says but you know there's probably a lot of fun stuff we can talk about too yeah <laughs> <laughs> she, she's got a great like sense of humor while she's very obviously honest and very serious about what she's doing she can also she has that lighthearted side as well well because she's been doing this and by this I mean being an activist for her people for a very long time. Of course and, she has, you yeah. know, she she's earned the sense of humor about it all. She certainly yeah. has. Yeah, uh, she, and it also it must be exhausting. So you gotta have a of sense course, of humor yeah, in yeah. order to, to to fuel, right? Oh of course. Like you said, um like she's been doing it for a long time. She even mentioned like she in the interview that she couldn't get on she couldn't keep doing it without having that hope. Like without having some sense of hope within her that things will get better. Yeah. Um it also sort of floored me when she talked about when she was growing up, you know, of, of course, she didn't have video games, she didn't have TV, she didn't have computers and stuff like that. But that the only mm-hmm. films she saw were like the forestry films yeah. that the, <laughs> the government would bring in. <laughs> <laughs> into uh, into Fort McMurray. I know. Like, yeah. imagine, if, like, I mean, she's already a brilliant actress, and all she had to go off of was forestry films and performing in the bush for the trees and the birds and stuff, as she said. Imagine if she had, like, you know, actual cinema films to, like, sort of go off of when she was young. Well, that that performing that she was saying that her 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 the people in her community had to do in order to entertain themselves mm-hmm. uh, is certainly probably what uh, lit the spark in the first place for her Absolutely, for performing. Yeah. So I mean, you know, everything everything has uh, there's a reason for everything. Absolutely, and, and imagine like the 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 intimacy of being in your community and performing for each other to entertain yourselves and to pass along the stories of your culture and your your community. How like like the intimacy of that and how that brings you to like a certain place as a performer. Oh yeah, that's theater you know, training like, right th- there. It is. Yeah, and like like no wonder she's such a brilliant actress and mm-hmm. and has been so successful for so many years. You know, cuz if, if uh, in some ways it's even harder to do it in front of like a small intimate group like that, Yes, you know? because because unlike being on stage in front of, you know, 100 uh, 100 people or more, there's such an intimacy, and especially if you're doing stories about your community course, and yeah. that they could all get. There's also like the smell test, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And and she sort of was forced to be uh, authentic, or, right. or so for that's sure. That's yeah. that's probably the best theater training I can think of. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's such a, a an incredible experience. Um, yeah, and and she mentioned too, like it was really a really profound thing that I thought she said. She said that I'm so grateful for that experience. That whatever is feeding my creativity is from a clean place that wasn't manufactured by a games company or movies that were being created by other people. So, yeah, uh, to that point earlier about only watching forestry films. Like, imagine if she had been inundated with like pop culture and stuff. You know, how would that have changed her? Because because it was so pure that she was allowed to sort of get her creativity. From from her own community and her own place in the world, and not be influenced by everything on the outside. Well, so many great actors have that type of outlook, uh, and then those come from those experiences. Because if you think about it, or even not, it's not even just limited to actors; it's um, artists in general. If you're if you're not, I mean, seeing other art, of course, has its place, and it it inspires mm-hmm. you to to um, to create art as well. But um, if you're if you're not, and you're insulated a little bit then you have the ability to kind of be very unique because yeah. you're just yeah. doing what you are, right. you know? Right, absolutely. And you're staying true to yourself, to yourself because that's all you know. Yeah. 
and not being influenced by the same people that everybody else is being influenced in the same exactly. films and the same stories and all that. So I, I think that that really does lend to a lot of her authenticity yeah. on screen for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. No, she is such a, a not just a talent, but like a, a treasure for, yeah. for Canadian arts and culture and 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 our community, just as our com- our communal Canadian community. And, uh, you know, the fact that there are, were, I think, at least six uh, Indigenous-focused, Indigenous-themed films at TIFF this year featuring, you know, First Nations and Indigenous actors and, and, and directors and writers and storylines that were focused on those communities. Uh, that is a huge jump, as she mentioned, and she was in three of them. But, like, that wouldn't be happening today if someone like Tantu wasn't working for the last 48 years mm-hmm. to sort of push for that and, and to make people, like, open their eyes and realize that there's those stories to be told. So, I mean, aside from just her work on the screen, the fact, like you said, that she's been working so hard for this for so many years, for decades now, almost 50 years. I mean, that's also part of her legacy, even though she's not even in some of those movies. Right. That's it, Mike. Anything else you want to add? No, I just wanted to uh, thank Tantu for her time. And, and, you know, who else we have to thank that uh, we should have been thanking from the beginning is our audio producer, Kelly. Oh, we don't we don't like to say how the sausage is made, but Kelly makes it great. Kelly um, helps us out when we have phone calls, and um, yeah. she sets us up in her studio here yeah. at the Zoomerplex with all the the great equipment and and patches the phone calls through and makes sure that it all runs smoothly and the the recording sounds great. And so. she's just an all around lovely gal. She so. is Thanks, so Kelly. sweet. She's always so happy uh, around <laughs> us. Like she's such a positive person. So thank you so much, Kelly, as always. Uh, and thank you to Gina, of course, and everyone listening. And we'll see you next time on Ages and Icons. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.